All right, next up, we have the boss, Bruce Springsteen, Keith Phillips. But actually, this is a Canada-focused conference, so I do need to bring to attention that Keith is actually Canadian. You know, so maybe Lithium Rush, Rush, the band, for anyone who doesn't know, is Canadian. Canada and Quebec in particular is in the limelight. And, you know, we're having David Deckelbaum here at TD Cowan, this is his top pick of all of the companies that he covers is Piedmont. We've interviewed Piedmont and Keith, as well as Patrick, on Rockstock Channel in the last few months, speaking about the whole company, but with Patrick specifically about the North American lithium. Uh, but here you are, Keith, $57 price, a billion dollar market cap. You signed two agreements for your offtake with LG Chem and Tesla timed perfectly again, Keith. I don't know how you do it, but the Tesla offtake that you rejiggered earlier this year is now coming from the North American lithium mine and it's at full market pricing, you know, showing if you own your own rock, you're in a very good negotiating position. I'm going to let David just kind of take it away with questions, but this is going to be 100% focused on, you know, the Canada operations of Piedmont and, you know, where we are today. And what what you see, you know, potentially above and beyond the North American lithium, you know, spodumene restart. I guess we're in the midst of a few interesting catalysts. NAL is one of the first spodumene projects to come online during this lithium bull market over the last couple of years. Maybe you can just put NAL, the relationship with Sayana, uh, Piedmont's investment and economic uh, benefit from this project just into broader context and you know, what we should expect in the next six months or so. And then maybe we can talk a bit about the offtake agreements that, that Howard just alluded to. Yeah, uh, thanks, David. We, yeah, we have a great relationship with the folks at Sayana. We partnered with them a little over two years ago. I guess it was January 2021. And it's a relationship that uh, began in 2020. Sayana had uh, an asset called OTA, which is still part of the portfolio. It's a spodumene, it's a nice spodumene project. And they were looking to find a customer. We were looking at Piedmont Lithium to find a supplier for spodumene concentrate into a potential chemical plant that's now the Tennessee Lithium Project. Sayana was the best located business from our perspective and from their perspective. They're in the Val d'Or region, the Abitibi region of Quebec. It's the best location in Quebec uh, to ship, certainly into the U.S. You know, so we had a conversation about offtake. Their CEO, Brett Lynch, had aspirations to grow their business. Uh, he's had a really good vision and uh, had in mind that there were opportunities to grow, particularly North American lithium, which is an asset sort of in the same zip code. And it was available in bankruptcy. And he was in the process alongside other competitors to acquire that. We were not in that process. Uh, we couldn't get in. You had to be in the process a year or two earlier when it commenced. So Sayana was a bidder. Uh, they weren't particularly well capitalized at the time. They had a $20 million market cap uh, with our, and, and we had had uh, the Tesla news in 2020. Our stock is at a different level. We had a billion dollar market cap and we had, we had capital. So we put capital into Sayana, partnered with them to build their business, but also to try to acquire NAL. We succeeded. Uh, we brought that asset into the joint venture in, I think, August, 2021. And it was just a really well-timed move. It's an asset that's, I think, misunderstood. It's operated a couple of times before and failed. I would blame both of those failures on lithium pricing and capital structure uh, versus uh, a lot of people attribute them to technical problems with the ore body. Uh, the ore body's fine. We've done a lot of work on it. Sayana's done a lot of work on it. We've invested jointly 80 million US dollars in upgrading the concentrate plant. 
the Sayana team is operating it. They've done a fantastic job. They announced the first production last week. I think you see further announcements in the next days and weeks with momentum building there. So it's really on track and it's going to transform their company and our company. It'll be the first Fajamine production of, of scale continuously in Canada, really ever, even back six, seven years ago, Howard. And it'll be uh, significant and coming soon in a very strong market where the market really needs it. So very excited to be partnered with Sayana. We did negotiate an attractive offtake agreement as part of our initial investment. And we're hopeful we'll be on track and have first shipments uh, in July and really a series of shipments beginning then, driving cash flow for the joint venture, driving cash into Piedmont Lithium to help fund all of our other developments. So we're really excited and, and couldn't be happier to be partnered with the folks at Sayana. Maybe you can give us a little bit, just describe the offtake agreements with, with Tesla and then subsequently with LG Chem, uh, the tonnage expectations there, the excess spodumen that's not being nominated towards uh, those offtake partners, and then ultimately how, how the pricing arrangements are, are working. How do you think about your sensitivity to the prices that we're seeing on the screen? So the way to think about the agreements is, roughly speaking, uh, we get the greater of 113,000 tons a year or 50% of production. I think Sayana will is, is guiding the market toward production of, you know, in the order of 226,000 tons, which would mean 113 is half. That would be great. It would be a great outcome. That's not what the pre-feasibility says. There's a lower number in the PFS. Sayana is working on a definitive feasibility study, which will come out at some point, and uh, hopefully it is, is closer to the 226 number. So roughly speaking, half the material will be from the joint venture will be purchased by Piedmont for, say, $900 a ton for 6% concentrate. The other half the joint venture will sell, and we're working with them on that, and there are some advanced discussions there. There'll be news coming there in the reasonably near future. But for the, for the half we're going to buy, let's say 113,000 tons, roughly half will go to Tesla, roughly half will go to LG Chem. The Tesla deal is really a kind of two and a half year, starting in December, lasting to the end of December 2025. The LG Chem deal is a four-year deal starting with first shipments, hopefully in July. Um, LG Chem's 50,000 tons a year. Tesla's really 60,000 tons a year, plus 5,000 in, in December. In both cases, we'll buy the material at, again, $900 a ton, delivered to the port, and then we'll sell that material to these folks. And the deals are based on, I mean, we've disclosed within Tesla, it's based on a ratio of the hydroxide, spot hydroxide price. The LG Chem deal, the pricing is based on. Uh, the contract and spot spot I mean concentrate prices, both from fast markets with diff with different lags. I think the LG Chem deal is a six month kind of average. So the market driven again as prices vary up or down, uh, our pricing will be impacted, and that's that's exposure we wanted. We're bullish on lithium prices for certainly the rest of the decade. My view is we're one or two decades away from a more stable lithium market. Your demand growth will be four or five percent, not twenty or thirty or forty percent. And I, th I think for the time being, we're going to see strong demand growth, strong pricing, and and we want to be exposed to that. I will say what LG Chem has publicized is they'll take that material and it will be told somewhere, uh, and but brought back into the U.S. market and qualify for IRA credits, which is fantastic. So that's great. We're very pleased with that. And what's your current belief on how the IRA interpretations apply to volumes that might be told in China, but perhaps brought back to the United States for, for inclusion and construction of an EV? Everything we're doing directly qualifies for the IRA. I mean, there's, there's two components of the IRA that are interesting for us. There's the tax, vehicle tax credit that somebody buys, if one of us buys a car in the U.S., that's the 30D credit, I think it is. And, and for those credits, the material has to be from... You mind or process in the U.S. or a free trade country. So in our case, 
Quebec's a free trade country. The U.S. is U.S. Ghana is is not a free trade country, but we will bring that material into Tennessee to convert, so it'll qualify. The other credit that I think you're aware of is the 45X credit, which is, is quite different. That's a tax credit available only to American taxpayers, i.e. someone like Piedmont Lithium, for American facilities. So we're going to build a chemical plant in Tennessee. That tax credit is 10% of our production costs forever. So it's a, it, it doesn't sense that in 2032 like some other provisions. And at current prices, we think our production costs will be, you know, the good news is our revenue will be high. Our production costs will also be high because spawns mean input costs will be high. Uh, the tax credit will be significant. It may offset most or all of our tax liability in Tennessee, uh, which is fantastic for us. And it just makes that project that much more, you know, robust economically. You know, how do you think about the long-term growth in Canada and then your exposure to, to maybe some of their other proje- projects or prospects? Is it predominantly just through equity investment that you hold in Sayana and, and things like Moblan or Tanzum? And is, you know, is your upside limita- limited, excuse me, to that equity investment or, or are there other opportunities kind of grow your exposure in Quebec? So Sayana's got two basic businesses in Quebec. They've got what they call the Abitibi Hub and the Northern Hub. So the Abitibi Hub is surrounding Val d'Or. It's called the Abitibi region in Quebec. NAL is there, OTA is there, Tansom is there. So they're all within the Abitibi hub. We directly own a 25% interest in that. That, that is Sionic Quebec effectively. So we're not directly invested in Moblan. We are the biggest shareholder of Sayana. So we're excited about the prospects of Moblan. I think Moblan has really wonderful upside. I don't, you know, I don't have firsthand information on it yet. I mean, we'll we'll get information at some point and so will the market, but I get the sense it's going to be really big. On the downstream side, and, and more broadly speaking in Quebec. We want to be North America's biggest lithium hydroxide producer. That's a that's an audacious goal. Now, we have 60,000 tons under plan now in Tennessee and Carolina. We'd eventually like to build more. We're aware of a number of pretty interesting spodumene opportunities in Quebec outside of Sayana and pretty exciting opportunities in Ontario, in the Maritimes, in Manitoba. We're looking at everything. And we made really well-timed investments into Quebec and in Ghana. We're not going to chase anything. But if there's an opportunity for us to invest or partner with somebody, to you know, own part of the spodumene exposure and do conversion in Quebec. You know, we're looking at that really hard. We're also obviously working with Sayana. Quebec's a wonderful place to go downstream, and that Lacorn location is interesting. I mean, it is literally on the it's 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 in the same building as the concentrate plant, so it's it's right there. You know, in Carolina, we're sort of half a mile from the concentrate plant to the chemical plant. This is literally in the same building, so that's exciting. Uh, we're very supportive of that. I think maybe if you put it in context, you, you began your prepared remarks or, or opening remarks by commenting that, you know, NAL, the ore body was not an issue. Um, you know, price was an issue in the past. Perhaps there was some operator execution issues of prior operatorship. But, you know, that's on the upstream side. But on the downstream side, as you alluded to, there is an existing carbonation facility there. Is that something that would need to be completely rebuilt? Uh, NAL was a restart. You guys obviously upgraded some equipment. Um, you know, as as you compare that to to what what exists on the carbonate infrastructure that's there, uh, does that require a complete overhaul, or are there are there things in place that can be leveraged? Was that just something that never worked correctly? I think it's fair to say they never had enough money to make it work correctly. And the chemical processing, I mean, everything's hard, but the chemical processing is the hardest part. The market was very small. There was really it was built ten years too early, frankly. So, um, are there pieces of equipment there that are ready to go? I think the answer is definitely yes. Yep. Are there uh, sub- substantial parts that will need to be, you know, 
upgraded, re-engineered, replaced? Yes. We expect a pretty thorough PFS. We'll see what it says. I would just think it, you think about it. I think it's I think it's targeted to be about 20, 22 or three thousand tons LTE. That's probably Greenfield a six or seven hundred million dollar capital item. If if nothing was there, we think that's what it might cost. And again, we'll see, we'll see it when the study comes. But I think the returns will be really good. I mean, right now, if, if you can do it, it makes sense to take material next door, upgrade it to material, keep it in province or in country, or send it to the U.S. wherever the market is. Um, you know, that has a lot of benefit uh, for um, for the project, for the economics, for the partners, for the province, for the country, et cetera. So we're, we're very open-minded about that, hopeful about that. I expect the numbers will be good. I expect it'll be meaningfully better than it was a greenfield plant because some of the material is already there and equipment and, and equipment's cost, cost a lot more today than it did when they bought it. Um, you know, having said all that, I mean, if, if, if we were starting from square one, we probably would build a bigger plant and it would probably be a hydroxide plant. So that's okay. That just means, um, you know, there's a market for carbonate for sure. And there's no reason somebody couldn't take that carbonate and upgrade the hydroxide if that's what the market needed. So a lot, a lot of stuff to be studied. It, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. Hey, Keith, maybe you can just leave us with some closing thoughts on, you know, your initial impressions of the restart and what you're kind of most excited about here in the next six months vis-a-vis NAL and, and Piedmont. So we're, we're excited about Canada, thrilled with the work Sionis is doing, the progress they've made. As people may know, uh, Sionis set out a timeline several months ago that we thought was ambitious. Uh, we set out a more cautious timeline. So far, they're right, we're wrong. I'm thrilled to be wrong in that. Um, and right as of now, I think uh, Brett said last week, this appears to be on time and on budget, which would be the first time that's ever happened in the lithium business. So we're really excited about it. Sionis deserves a lot of credit. Thrilled to be partnered with them. Really excited about Piedmont and Sayana, but from, from a selfish perspective, really excited to be a revenue generating company, we hope, in Q3. I was asked by someone the other day, what's the consensus EBITDA forecast for 2023? This is a few weeks ago. And I said, it's a great question. I've never thought about it because we've never been a producer. Right. I now keep a very close tab on what people are projecting. I think uh, you know we hope to provide proper guidance in May for the market in terms of our expectations in Quebec and our expectations with the other projects in terms of CapEx. But it's gonna be fun to have, you know, be a producer, have revenue, have EBITDA, have cash flow that will enable us to fund future development without diluting shareholders, including including myself. So we're excited about all that. Thanks, Keith, for joining us and uh, look forward to keeping abreast of progress.